Mind you, when you scan the Bible, it is not a standalone truth. There comes rushing in many, many portions of the Bible that teaches that Jesus is the same. When our Lord ascended into glory, the messenger said, This same Jesus shall so come in like manner. In Revelation 1.8, the Lord called himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. And that was actually a citation from Isaiah, from Isaiah 41, who said, Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord, the first and with the last, I am He. And that reminded me of the Lord's own declarations in John's gospel of his I am statements. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the door. I am the vine. Whatever. There are seven of them. And Jesus is the I am. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. Really appreciate there's another opportunity to mess, preach the message of the cross. Yes, we are indeed in love with the cross of the Lord Jesus. And like the Apostle Paul, we say, God forbid that we should glory save in the cross. We're not here today to tell you about our health products. We're not here to tell you about our car or home or business plan. We're here to tell you about the Redeemer who came from heaven to die upon a cruel cross to give you the gift of eternal life. And today we're going to preach about the timeless Savior. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And also we have a word on don't miss the cross. Don't miss its meaning. Don't neglect to comprehend what our Lord Jesus accomplished when he suffered, bled, and died upon that cruel tree at Calvary. This was the eternal purpose and plan of God. We know that it was the wicked machinations of men as they in their rebellion despised, hated, and crucified the Lord Jesus. But in a higher plan, God had a purpose to save his people from their sins. Stay tuned as we let the Bible speak today. The wonderful text that we're going to preach on today is Hebrews 13, verse 8. It is seemingly in this chapter a standalone text. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And as one preacher put it, he added, and for me. That makes it personal. He's not only the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not only eternal and present and future, but he is for me. Last Sunday evening, when I was running out of time, I mentioned that this text was a Gibraltar text. I've been asked to explain that. Well, the Rock of Gibraltar is a little piece of land on the southern tip of Spain, on the inside of the Mediterranean waters. It actually doesn't touch the Atlantic Ocean. It's on the inside. It does have a land border with Spain. There are about 30,000 people who live on that island. And in a recent poll, 
98% of them wanted to remain British, not to be Spanish. It's a tax haven. It's a place for tourism. It's a place where sailors have always had a great landmark, and it brought an assurance when they saw that rock that they were on course. There is on the island a web of tunnels. It was occupied during World War II by 30,000 Allied troops, and they dug in. Now, the island was never invaded, but it was a place that was secure. And because of all that, the Rock of Gibraltar has been something of a, an adage of something that's impregnable, unconquerable, safe, and sure. That's why this text, Hebrews 13, verse 8, is a Gibraltar text. It stands out as a place of all time, safety and surety. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I've called it a standalone text. That's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. But I did notice that there seems to be no lead into it. There's no because, there's no for, there's no so, there's no linkage in the language. And when you get to the next verse 9, again, it seems to have no link up. And so it appears to stand all alone, a lonely text declaring the impregnable, unconquerable nature of our Lord Jesus that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mind you, when you scan the Bible, it is not a standalone truth. There comes rushing in many, many portions of the Bible that teaches that Jesus is the same. When our Lord ascended into glory, the messenger said, This same Jesus shall so come in like manner. In Revelation 1.8, the Lord called himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. And that was actually a citation from Isaiah, from Isaiah 41, who said, Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. And that reminded me of the Lord's own declarations in John's gospel of his I am statements. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the door. I am the vine. Whatever. There are seven of them. And Jesus is the I am. For that, the Jews would have stoned him. They recognized that in that statement was more than human. There was divinity. There was deity in that. Now, this word, same, which is undoubtedly the key word here in verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same, this is borrowed from ancient terminology to deities. They were called the same. They were called the unchanging. And, of course, only God is unchanging. We change. Uh, the world is changing. 
Our bodies change. Our circumstances change. Nothing stands still for long. Now, again, I've wrestled with why is this text, this great statement inserted here with no apparent link-up? Well, let's think about that. If you go to verse 7, you'll notice that there is the exhortation. Remember them which have the rule over you. Now, we learned that that's not referring to your elders. It's not referring to your pastors. It is referring to your heroes of the faith. Remember them who were your leaders. You have a whole list of them in Hebrews 11, from Abel right on down the line of the patriarchs, Noah, Abraham, and many others that stood for God. They are the heroes of the faith. You look at the outcome of their lives. It ended well for them. They lived in faith. They died in faith. They received the eternal reward, and we are to consider them to model our Christian lives, even with the persecutions, the trials, the crosses that it brings to us to be a Christian. Consider how they suffered and the outcome they reaped an eternal reward. But who is the great hero? Who is the one that stands out tall above all individuals? It is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some of my heroes are dead. Dr. Paisley, who was the founder of this denomination, inspired many in the gospel. We can attribute the beginning and the growth of this denomination to his life. But he's gone. He now is reaping the reward of his life. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And while all things around us, men change, they come, they go. Churches change, they come, they go. Jesus remains the same. I have, in preacher's language, boiled down this great truth to three headings. This text reveals the Lord's timelessness. This text reveals the Lord's tirelessness. And it reveals his faithfulness, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Firstly, we look at the timelessness of our Lord Jesus. There is no change in his person, or what we say in theology, his substance. Now, there is one great outward dramatic change that came upon the Son of God. And that is the incarnation. When our Lord Jesus left heaven's glory, came down into this world, the second person of the Trinity, and took into union with himself a human body, you would say, that's a change. That's a massive change. 
That is a change that will never be undone. He will remain with that body for the remainder of eternity. Is that not an amazing change? But there was no change in his deity. He did not lose an ounce of his glory. He did not lose anything of his godhood. He lost nothing of his supernatural divine nature. Born of a virgin, he lost nothing of his purity. We're told in Luke one thirty-five that the Holy Ghost overshadowed the womb of Mary, so that holy thing which was born of her should be called the Son of God. No defilement, no sin. And of course, the Lord Jesus went on to live a sinless life, the God-man in human form. Now, he did not therefore become half God and half man. He was all of God in a body that was all of man. He needed both natures, of course, to be our mediator, to be our Savior. He needed to be God in fullness, equal with God in all his power and glory, but also made in our nature. There was no change in his character. The sinless life of our Lord Jesus proved all of that. And when our Lord Jesus left heaven's glory and came down into this world, there was no rupture between him and the fellowship of the Father. God burst through the skies at times to announce, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the Lord Jesus kept up an amazing communion with his Father. Neither is there any change in his position or office. He's still the second person of the Trinity. He is still the mediator of the covenant. He is still fulfilling the office of prophet, priest, and king. And this makes our Lord Jesus the hope of the ages. We read in the Old Testament that Abram saw Christ's day and rejoiced. He looked unto Jesus all those hundreds and thousands of years ago, and he rejoiced that his Savior was coming. He is the Christ of the Old Testament and the New Testament. He's the same from the past, the present, and the future. And the future there means all ages. And this is a big theme in the book of Hebrews. Now, I come back to the point that I made that this text seems to stand very lonely, very much standing out without any linkage to in the grammar before or after, it's a standalone text. But the unchanging nature of the Lord is really seen through this book of Hebrews over and over and over. Are you ready to search that with me? I don't want you going home and saying, you know, you can't believe that preacher. He didn't show us it from the Bible. Let's look at chapter 1 in Hebrews firstly. Let's look at verse 8. But unto the Son, he saith, 
Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. God, that's the Father speaking to the Son. He calls him God. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. And then verse 10, Thy Lord in the beginning has led the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish. Creation shall perish. But thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Do you see how the author of this book of Hebrews jumped right into this doctrine of the unchanging, eternal character of the Lord Jesus? And he got into it here in chapter 1. His throne is forever. The created world will change, but the Lord Jesus will never change. Then over in chapter 7, verse 23 right in the middle of dealing with sacrifices. Hebrews 7, <coughs> verse <coughs> 23. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. And so you can write over it, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. One Savior, one Mediator, one Messiah, one Redeemer, and He knows no end. That's the power that is in the truth that we are looking at right there. And then verse 27, "...who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's, for this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the Son who is consecrated for evermore. And again, there is no change. He is the same. An unchangeable sacrifice. He's the lamb that was slain from before the foundation of the world. And so the redeeming work of Christ goes away back to eternity past. And in Revelation 5, they sing the new song, Thou art worthy to take the book, for thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred and doctrine. So you can see that our Lord Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. He is the one who receives worship in glory in heaven as the Redeemer of His people. There's no change in His person nor in His redemption.
You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I trust that you have been growing and following along in uh, the comprehension of the cross of the Lord Jesus. Each day I'm trying to expound and set forth the concepts of the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, laying down his life upon that cross at Calvary. And my burden is that men do not miss the meaning. They do not get lost in the woodwork and miss the very meaning of what the Lord Jesus accomplished on that cross. And lest you miss the meaning of the cross, you must understand that Jesus died on the cross in perfect obedience to the Father with a purpose to save his people. Obedience is a key factor in Christ's death. He was sent by the Father. He was a servant of the Father. He came to do the Father's will and rejoiced in doing it. Every part of Jesus' life was an act of obedience to provide a perfect robe of righteousness for sinners. That means that all his works, words, miracles, ministry, and sufferings were required by God to give sinful men everything that they had lost in Adam. Through Adam we are guilty, defiled, and naked with nothing good to offer God. All we have from our sinful lives are filthy rags. God cannot accept man's works, for they are polluted due to sin in our hearts and natures. So for the Lord Jesus to be the Savior of sinners, he must obey God's will and become the worker of righteousness on our behalf. That also included obedience unto death. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2.8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus' obedience, then, included his suffering and dying. The wages of sin demands death of the sacrifice. Jesus had to die to fulfill the work of providing righteousness for sinners. So you need to consider Jesus' death as the servant working for you to provide a perfect righteousness for you or your perfect fitness for heaven. Do you see that and thank the Lord for it? If not, then you miss the cross. One has written, What sacred fountain yonder springs up from the throne of God and all new covenant blessings brings tis Jesus' precious blood. What mighty sum paid all my debt when I a bondman stood and has my soul at ransom set? Tis Jesus' precious blood. What stream is that which sweeps away my sins just like a flood, nor lets one guilty blemish stay? Tis Jesus' precious blood. What voice is that which speaks for me in heaven's high court for good, and from the curse has set me free. 
tis Jesus' precious blood. What theme my soul shall best employ? Thy harp before thy God, and make all heaven to ring with joy. Tis Jesus' precious blood. And it is the only power that can redeem, justify, set us apart for God, and bring us one day to glory. So do not put your trust in anything apart from the blood of Jesus. Now someone has said that the blood of Jesus is theological shorthand for his sacrifice. And we'll come to that in these meditations on the cross. May God write these things on your heart and give you saving faith in the death, the sacrifice, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Redeemer of God's elect. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one -on -one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187-9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway, 
on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m. here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music.